We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't think Tom Thibodeau is happy with what's going, but the fans certainly love every second of it. Here's a little coaching going on. Thibodeau absolutely loves his young players and their work ethic. And he's topping his first 40-point game. And that's the fifth nick this year to hit 40, and which is incredible. Randall Barrett. Walker and Fournier, and now Toppin with 41. This crowd relishing every point. Very vociferous as Toppin continues to score. Has one more coming. Knicks fans. <laughs> ah, man. That was surreal. That was surreal. That was so strange. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Mac. with you for um, the last episode of the season of the regular season. We obviously have a lot more to do in the off season, which starts right now. Um, but yes, the last episode of the regular season of the Knicks film school podcast um, just finished watching um, I don't even know what to say about what we just watched. We just watched a lot of stuff happen in a game that meant absolutely nothing other than uh, it, it may have meaning for, for the next lottery standing, which we'll, we can talk about in a bit. Didn't mean anything for Toronto. They rested some of their guys. Uh, I don't care. It was really cool to see what we just saw. Um, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of um, stuff in the chat. But first and foremost, I'm going to bring him in with. Uh, is it a bittersweet? Congratulations. I, I don't no, like to. A, it's a 100 percent. Congratulations. There's nothing I, bittersweet about this. This is all sweet. No bitter. I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose. I, I don't care for it. It's not my it's not my jam. Um, it's between you and your God. But if I had to lose, A, I'm glad I could lose to my my good friend 
and a very smart bas- basketball prognosticator. Uh, is that, that's, that sounds like a thing. Sure. Uh, Jeremy Cohen. And also, if I had to lose, I'm happy I got to lose on a 42-point outing from Obi Toppin and a 30-point triple-double uh, from Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, Jeremy Cohen, hello, sir. Hey, John. You know, in the words of Mel Brooks, it's good to be the king. So <laughs> it's been great. Listen, I, I'm just glad that I could create this in a way where there was some drama involved. Yeah. Look, I knew everything was going to happen. I purposely punted on that Kings game, knowing that you'd have a chance to come back, <laughs> get your hopes up. And then it's just quickly dashed. You know, here's the thing. Cause I remember last week when I picked two and one and you guys were like, why wouldn't you pick Owen three? Cause one win obviously would have done that. And they win. They should have won against the Nets. They didn't, whatever. But yeah. then they turn around and win the most recent, well, their last game before this one. Um, and then felt validated. And then we had today. And I'm sure for you, you're obviously winning, rooting for a win, but a part of you is probably like, this is the closest I've come to rooting for a loss in a while. But I don't want to speak for you. Maybe that's not true. Yes, as I turn our, as I turn our, uh, our YouTube, YouTube stream audio. On. Yeah, <laughs> which I one day I will figure out how to do this without uh, the audio going going on the thing. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know how to root for a loss. I'll never I'll never know how to root for a loss. It's not in my I felt you know what I felt like um, I felt a lot like pop tonight. Uh, I don't know if you saw his his quote that was tweeted out. I think Bobby Marks had it tweeted out, but basically somebody somebody asked him like, "Why'd you guys decide to?" Um, to uh, go for the plan instead of tanking. And Pop was basically like, I don't know how to do that. Um, maybe it makes sense. It pro- He actually said it like it probably makes sense. I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how I would I would go about it. That's like me. I, I don't know how I would go about sitting and rooting for a loss, even though a loss would have ensured uh, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, by the way, that I would have won the um, season long predictions battle against you. Um, and even though, by the way, um, a loss. I guess we should just get out of the way now, um, so we don't have to spend time on it later. Uh, if they lost tonight, um, it would have meant that, uh, regardless of what New Orleans, it, so if it would have meant that if New Orleans won, um, they would have finished with a, a better lottery standings than New Orleans. And um, now there's a chance that New Orleans could uh, lose tonight. I think they're playing the Warriors. Warriors or Grizzlies? Some, one of, one of those teams. Warriors, yeah. And uh, if they lose and then um, both them and the Spurs get eliminated from the play-in tournament, then the Knicks will have the 12th best odds going into um, going into um, ping-pong ball night, lottery night, in about a month from now. Um, I'll just ask, since we, since we brought it up, and then we have a lot of other much more important stuff to, or much more fun stuff to talk about. Uh, did that matter to you tonight? No. Even <laughs> I didn't think it would aside the fact that I was rooting for a win for yeah. our little tete-a-tete. No, it didn't. Again, I, I want to put it. I want to make it very clear. I don't begrudge fans for rooting for losses when we're at this type of level. I also don't begrudge fans for rooting for wins. I think either way, it's fine. I think when we get to the point of it's like, how dare you root for this one or the other one when there's clear and present logic on each side that I think is is very fair that I, it rubs me the wrong way. Like it doesn't, I don't see it making you less of a fan because you want to play the odds. Same as how I don't see you being less of a fan because you want to see the team that you love win. And I understand that there are some people who are just like, like they don't know how to not be miserable. Like they actually take enjoyment out of it. Like I, I, I feel like there are a lot of people out there 
who maybe will never forgive this franchise for passing on like the Donovan Mitchells of the world, the yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexanders, the Tyrese Halliburton's whatnot. Oh, that's fine. And that, cool. If that's the way you feel, that's fine. But then turn around and be like, oh my God, I can't believe that Nick's probably going to end up with the 12th pick. Like, hello, all of those players are taken 12th or 13th. So it, it, it's a crapshoot. And when you look at this team and you look at five of the six draft picks that this administration has made, and when you have a game like tonight where the Raptors weren't taking it easy, you know, they were trying to abide by Adrian Griffin, their head coach. Yeah, the, uh, the guys that were out there were playing hard. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like they they rest a few guys. And this is the other thing that I don't understand because if you go back to the Warrior, the, the Wizards game, excuse me, and you look at who the Knicks played. They had a 10-man roster. And you have the Wizards who had 13 guys playing. There okay, was, what are the Knicks yeah. going to do? They're going to take Fournier and Burks out, right? So that brings them to eight men. And then RJ was hurt. So are you like, in what world is Tom Thibodeau really going to run a seven man roster? Just like, hopefully lose. That's I mean, not, look, it's, it, in pop. it's not in his DNA. It's, so, it's, it's, not. it's not like, so that's the thing. It's like, I, I get it. If you want to root for losses or if you wanted to fine, if you want to root for wins, that's cool. It just, we don't have to make it this perplexing thing about it. And you know what? Maybe, maybe it comes to the point where the team that picks 10th, winds up picking in the top four and that would suck. Right. But also that's just like, not that's like, if you know anything about how the butterfly effect works, that's just not how it is. Like one thing sets in motion, all these other things. It, it like the difference. No, the difference we're talking about is a difference of You know, had Tom Thibodeau gone out and over the last two games played Farron hunt and Emmanuel quickly, or sorry, not Emmanuel, and uh, Orion Archidiakono, 40 minutes a piece and benched Emmanuel quickly. Um, you're talking about the possibility of an increase in like three, four, five percent, depending on a couple other scenarios at getting into the top four, um, based from what they have now versus what they probably would have had. Um, and what happened because Tom Thibodeau decided to play his guys? Um, we got two more career highs from Obi Toppin, uh, who just went out and had 70. Did I count 79 points in the last two games? Did I add that up correctly? <laughs> um, honestly, I have, I've been so in the moment tonight with Obi Toppin that I have not considered how good he has been uh, <laughs> just in the last couple of days. Point total wise. You want to know the most exciting moment of my night? This is, this is, this Knicks fans, this, this is how you know that I am a deranged soul that has, is hopeless. I was sitting there with every additional top in three attempted miss or make and recalculating his three point percentage for the season. And do you know, do you know why I was doing that, Jeremy? Let me see if you could guess why I was doing that. I'm going to guess because at one point, Obi Toppin had the worst three point percentage of a group of players. And you were, I was just looking at one other player. Ah, Russell Westbrook, of course. No, no, Julius, no. Julius Randall. Julius Randall. Yeah, you're, you're looking to and, compare and measuring. Hold on. With the that he made, um, <laughs> I think he made the last one. He fi- yeah, I think he finished whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go, no, go he, ahead. I'll, I'll he try. finished six of 14. His three point percentage on the season 30.769%. Julius Randall, it says on his basketball reference page 30.8. 
I went and I did the calculation for the totals. (laughs) 30.769%. Wow. Dead even. Yes. Deranged. Deranged. (laughs) Unhealthy. No, uh, Andrew messaged like, Julius, like, I know I I was messing with the rust stuff. But yeah, no, that's, um, you know how we were talking about before, maybe a few weeks ago, I, I can't even, they're all blurring together, but how it was like, the Knicks had what? five different guys who got 40 pieces yeah. this season, like four of them. And it's like, now you're getting Obi top and doing it. Yeah. And like granted, you could say whatever you want about the end of the season. I see a Raptors team that was still well rostered <laughs> and playing yeah. pretty difficult. Um, like to me, it's just, it's, it's amazing how, and I know we'll get into this more, but like how so many of these things seem positive. It's just overcast by a lot of doom and gloom that this season was and putting a bow on the end of that. Um, yeah, I look, there's going to be a bunch <laughs> of takes um, that, that will, that will come from, especially these last couple of games, but really the last couple of weeks of games with the young players getting more time. Um, specifically, I think you're going to hear, and we'll talk about it tonight because he said it this week, Obi Toppin's comments about how, you know, it's a lot easier when I'm not looking over my shoulders. Um, I'm not sure there's one right way. I mean, anybody who's expecting me to get on here and be like, um, Tibbs is a genius because this is what accountability produces. When a guy is like uh, looking over his shoulder, it's going to make him work that much harder and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't know about that. Like to me, it's not great when one of your players comes out and is like, yes, I'm, I'm not playing up to my, I, what I think my capability is because I'm worried about getting pulled from the game. That's not ideal. At the same time, while Obi Toppin may not think that is ideal, I do believe that he worked his ass off this year and last year, and I do believe a big part of him working his ass off last year and this year is because he's like, fuck, if I don't work my ass off, I'm not going to get on the court. Um, So I think the truth, like you're going to hear one extreme and you're going to hear the other extreme, and I think in most cases, as is this one, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm not going to get bogged down in that I'm, I'm choosing, I'm making the affirmative choice and uh, I'll turn it to you after this because we'll, and we'll talk about the Leanne Rose press conference, but I want to get to the super chats pretty soon. Um, I, I am choosing to focus as is my brand on the positive here, which is that this team has not like decent young talent. This team has legitimately good, exciting young talent. I don't know that I really needed to see this weekend to like prove that to myself, but I, it was nice to see. It was like, it's like when you have a theory and then you see, and then like something happens where it's like, Oh yes, I wasn't an idiot. I was right. Um, you know, and there's, there's going to be all kinds of referendums on this season and what could have been and what should have been and all that. There's people have some answering to do, um, including the, the guy that I've been supporting all year, Tom Thibodeau. Um, but Moving forward, when you look at the collective group that they've assembled, I don't know how you don't be how, how you cannot be excited about what the organization has in store. Um, and with the caveat that they could still fuck it up. <laughs> I mean, like, they could still fuck it up. And there's a lot of ways they could fuck it up. And we're going to spend the next couple months talking about the ways that hopefully they don't fuck it up. But um, yeah, I, your your thoughts before we get to the Super Chats. 
I think the glass half full. You know, I'll save I'll save the Obi stuff for a moment. Okay. <laughs> this team does have promising aspects to it. You got good young talent. The worst thing we're saying right now is Tibbs. And I know we disagree on that and that's fine. I feel like yeah. the second the second most debated thing is okay, turning it to the roster, moving these pieces along. And again, it, it feels like as I said earlier, it's not Julius being pushed out the door by himself. It's now we have to move Julius because we have Obi Toppin. And like we have to prioritize his minutes because if they're not going to play together and we know Tibbs and we know his desire to have a rim running five with a four and try, he tries not to do Obi and Randall minutes together unless he absolutely has to. You're not going to find a world in which there is an equal balance. And by equal, I don't mean like 24 and 24. I mean a deserving balance. It's not going to happen. And so you have to make it happen. And then it goes to the point of not just taking toys away from Tibbs in the sense of the veteran players, but just like cashing in so you can create, you can turn, you know, something out of nothing, right? Like you take cap space and you turn into players, you turn those players and your other assets into something better. And that's the goal. And um, tonight was another example, at least for me, that there are, there are present flaws that this front office has. And the biggest one was free agency. What I thought was going to be a very good free agency. I was incredibly optimistic. I, I was high off of the hype of various things, said a lot of stuff. You, you think back, a lot of it was wrong. It just was. And that's okay. And the reason it's okay is because as we've talked about, these contracts were built to be traded starting this summer. Yes. And I look at a game like tonight's where you have the eighth overall pick in 2020, who by so many people was considered a bust and yep. he's breaking out. He's clearly got, not a bust. He's clearly not. You've got I don't know what he is yet, quickly. but he's, he's not a bust. Right. You've got a man quickly, 25th pick in that draft, not a point guard, doing a lot of really nice point guard things and just being a winning player. <laughs> Looks awful like a point guard to me. Looks awful like a point guard, doesn't he? You got Jericho Sims, the 58th pick overall being found. And that's just completely found money. Even like getting a backup player at 58 is a home run in itself. Like, I'm not saying in the grand scheme of things is a home run, but like finding success at that point in the in the draft. Yeah. Incredible. And I just, I don't want to say this is like a super high point for the Knicks because it's coming off of a down season, but you get to a point where a lot of your larger concerns are kind of being assuaged by things we're seeing. And I don't want to hold weight and say like these games without Julius are like the most important thing, but it, it is a smaller sample size, but it, it's a glimpse into what the vision is. And the problem is that as we maybe will transition to what Leon Rose was talking about, it's hard to identify exactly where they're going with it in the heat of the moment. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. Um, because I mean, I know he, he, he said words tonight. I did. We'll talk about what the words were. I, I really could give <laughs> There, there are a few things in life I could care less about than the words that Leonardo said tonight. Well, that being said, we'll get to them a bit. Let's get to some super chats because uh, it's been an awesome season from everybody here um, who has watched these watched these bad boys after games. It's uh, been an awesome season for us uh, doing the Sunday pods. Um, so we'll end it with a bang, uh, starting, of course, with none other than Robert Cross. Is it fair and reasonable to say 
that the Knicks would have been in the playoffs if IQ and Obi weren't developing on the bench all year. Um, you know, it might be. It's in the top five questions of the season, right? Has to be. I think it has to be. Um, is it fair and reasonable to say that? It's fair to say that. It's reasonable to say that. Is it fair and reasonable to say that? Um, I don't know. If you would have started quickly a point guard at a certain point, and if you would have... See, but to me, it would have required... Like, I, in my mind, it would have required mothballing Julius. I don't, I don't know that there was a world where you were going to get this from Obi with him playing five or six or seven or eight more minutes a night. I think this is a, this is a world where we're, we're seeing without Julius Randle. That's, t- that's my answer. Um, and I don't know how that would have been possible other than shutting him down like much earlier. But fortunately, we'll never know. Uh, yeah, fortunately. That's the we'll- sad reality is that this would be a great question. Like Emmanuel quickly had a phenomenal game tonight. It was also the first game that he started that wasn't due to injury. And yet oh, yeah. wait, it actually was because yeah, RJ was. Barrett was hurt and yeah. he filled in for him. It's just like little things that eat at you, but they're actually not that little because when you see Alec Burks playing the amount of minutes that he has been and shouldn't be, and I don't mean that as disrespect to Alec Burks, it's a coaching decision. It sucks to see it. And you know, like this game was great. I also wish that we could be preparing for talking about the play in. Yeah, Maybe me too. Talking about the playoffs. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, Forgotten NYC. Thanks, guys, for another awesome season. Thank you for always chiming in. Rich McLeod, our guest producer sometimes. Can't stay for the entire stream, but wanted to thank you all for letting me be a small part of KFS family this year. Go Knicks. Love you guys. We love you too, Rich. And thank you for being a small part of the um, KFS family this year. Um, and thanks again, really, truly, for everybody who continues to to chime in on these things. Um, another one from Robert Cross. He's getting them all in early. First time, long time, John. Of course, Robert. The most important move in the offseason is moving Randall. Knicks have more than one future all-star on this team. I mean, look, I, I think if you think that Drew, uh, RJ is going to make it, you know, an all-star team or two or three or more, um, is, it that, is that the craziest thing to say that either Emmanuel Quickly or Obi Toppin is capable of making an all-star team one day? And again, I'm not saying this based on what we've seen this weekend. I've said... I've had inklings of this thought throughout the year. And with Obi, it's more like, we don't know, you know, it's like, we just, we, cause we haven't seen it in, on a, on a large scale. I don't think it's insane. Why not? <laughs> Why, not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I, I stat muse is saying that Obi Toppin has the first 40, 10 Knicks game of the season, 42, 10, six threes. He's go. averaging 27 and six on 55, 46 shooting splits. Oh, right. five games. Yeah. I'm sure you know this, but like, why not? Why can't his, he do it? His per 36 numbers all year have been, have been really good. Um, so, and in terms of the most offseason, most important move in the offseason is moving Randall. We're going to talk a lot more about that. Maybe tonight we'll talk a lot more about that. Uh, I will just say very quickly that I do not disagree. Um, Hush Zoo, what's going on? Final game. Thank you guys, KFS squad, for the pods, post games this year. Looking forward to the offseason content. Leon looked like a clown in his interview. If OB isn't our starting power forward next season, I will be on the fire Leon train. Um, Here's my very brief thought. I am very happy that he talked up Julius Randle. 
I wish he would have done the interview wearing a fucking Julius Randall t-shirt um, and hat and button, um, whatever. Make everybody in the world think that you would not trade Julius Randall if it was the end, like if your job depended on it, please, by all means, make the world think that. Um, that's where I'm coming from. I don't care about anything else that he said. Um, you, your thoughts on that? When it was the trade deadline, I mentioned I wanted him to speak. Yes. I'm glad he spoke today. But here's the thing. The speaking part for me wasn't what he was saying. It was the act of just getting in front of the cameras so we could say like, hey, it feels like there's more responsibility. And granted, I know that there is, but when he's not talking with people and there's limited communication, it gets people to think. And when they were already upset, it gets more and more and there's just more buildup. If you were looking for clear-cut answers for Leon Rose tonight, I don't know what to tell, I don't know what to tell you. I also would be pretty pissed off if Leon Rose said like, Hey, here's what we're thinking. Here's what we have in mind. And here's like a rough outline of where they want to go. But you never get that from any executive, no executive ever says that. But I think a lot of fans seem to think I want answers. Like, well, a lot of times in life, you just don't get the answers and it would be bad business to give some of those answers. Like talking about Julius Randall, if he didn't talk him up, we would say, Oh, you know, like Julius is gone. He's clearly out. It's over. Okay, cool. I'm not saying one interview is going to then get people to be influenced like, oh, I'm, I'm out on Julius if Leon Rose is talking him down. But what do you expect? Like, do you expect him? Like, he acknowledged that there were, it was a down year for him. And then he, he said like, but look, he was one of three players to get 20, 10 and five. And even if you feel like the usage and the minutes and the stats, and all that is, is arbitrary. That's fine. You, I respect that. But it's just like, it's this need to have him speak in, in like clear, concise ways that he's just never going to do. And he never did that. Like Vork even wrote this in one of his articles that he was always very quiet. quiet. Yeah. Quieter guy. So why are we expecting him to be this bold and brash guy? Like we, we just sat through Scott Perry and Steve Mills basically <laughs> fucking proclaiming to the world. James Dolan did it. And what happened, John, did the Knicks get these players that they wanted? No, they did not. They did not. They did not get the players under promise over delivered. That's what you do. That's how you succeed in life and in business. And I think Leon Rose knows a hell of a lot more about that than I certainly do. So yes. Wait, wait, Randall- wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Did you, I just have to stop you. Did you just use the rationale of like Leon Rose knows a hell of a lot more than I do about X, Y, and Z? Yeah. I've heard that somewhere before, Jeremy. Yeah. To justify a defense of a certain person. But see, I'm not doing it blindly because I can also say. (laughs) I could also say that Leon Rose went outside Kemba Walker and gave Nerland's Noel two years, $18 million. Sure. And I can also say it. And I was going to bring this up, but shout out to Vivek. Uh, Vivek Dadanya at V Dadanya, who had a great thread uh, talking about a design flaw of Tibbs, where in 2016 17, uh, he blew 22 double, double digit leads. We've seen the double digit leads being blown here. We're talking about a roster in games like today that are exciting because of why the players that Leon Rose brought in, helping to hot, whether it was him being like, I want this player, or picking someone or multiple people to say, we want these players and making them successful. Um, I think we could go back and forth about this all day long. I would, I would come back and say something sure. to the effect, something I mean, to the effect of like, they had to get those leads, which you know who else said something about uh, to that effect recently this week? 
Quinn Snyder, who everybody seems to think is one of the great coaches in the league. Um, he's blown. That team has blown more um, big leads than the Knicks. And they have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. You know, it's like there are reasons why this stuff happens. It doesn't mean the coach is a bad coach. It means that something is off in the water. And there has been something off in the water all year. And I think we could go back and forth on Tibbs. What we can agree on is that, um, again, to some of the comments that have already been made, uh, Julius Randle has stunk and been very bad. And, um, you know, I think that's the common denominator, like any, any argument that you have about the team, it always comes back to Julius, um, which gets us to our next super chat. Robert cross. Is it fair and reasonable to say fans are losers? <laughs> if they embrace the tank losing culture, uh, G T F O H. Uh, I won't, I won't say the words that those, those letters, um, stand for. No, I'm not going to say that actually, because it's math. Um, and like, I will, I am not going to say like, the notion of tanking is completely flawed. I agree with you, Jeremy, that people who are like, if you don't adhere to this, this argument, um, you are an idiot. Like, I think it it is one of the great debates in sports. Um, And I think that if you, I personally am not a pro tanker, but you know, I respect the arguments of those who are, but I also, I'm, I'm also willing to admit that like, Part of it is just like, I don't enjoy it. It's not fun for me to be pro tank. I enjoy like rooting for wins more. And I'm happy to talk myself into the logic behind that, um, you know, than, than I otherwise would be. So, yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, good. I'm, I'm glad we could agree on that. That's that's good. Okay. We agree on most things. We, we agree on most things. Uh, Manny Campos. RJ OBIQ is the core finding a stretch five and a playmaking wing to pair with them should be our priority. Thanks KFS for getting us through the year. Yeah, no, thank you, Manny, for uh, being around all year. Um, of those two, a stretch five and a playmaking wing. I mean, playmaking wing, there's every team in the league would like to have a, a playmaking wing. Um, they're, not, they're not that easy to find. Um, there's no obvious ones on the trade market. And, uh, um, and I don't know, do you count TJ Warren as a playmaking? TJ Warren's a scoring wing. Um, TJ Warren has played the same amount of minutes as we have in the yes, last that, this year. year. With all due respect to TJ Warren, I, I know. Like, I'm just thinking of like who's on the free agent. Like you're probably not going to get the ideal wing partner for RJ Barrett this season. You might get the stretch five. Um, you don't you're think so? Gonna, you're not going to get a stretch five. Look at look okay. at the type of centers I, that the Knicks have employed. Okay, They're not stretch fives. Like again, if we're talking about like guys who take healthy diets Did, from beyond the arc, it's just not what the Knicks do. It's not what they like. Unless it also, unless that person also protects the rim. And I, again, I'm talking about one person and one person only. So, but the Knicks also care deeply about offensive rebounds. So it's, there's, yes, there's a trade off. That's true. That's true. And he doesn't, and we're talking about Miles Turner. He does not offensive rebound the basketball. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger box sizes for more servings and more savings. HelloFresh also offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Try our quick and easy meals, which include 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in HelloFresh Market. Perfect for your busy schedule. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal. Look, guys, I don't have to tell you how busy I can be with all the work I do for Nick's Film School, as well as my show Final Review. 
My girlfriend is just as busy, and when that question comes up every night, what do you want for dinner, rarely do we both have answers. Well, we've actually been customers of HelloFresh for over a year, and we're thrilled when we found out about this sponsorship. Not only is the food delicious, but it's convenient to make and takes away that simple anxiety of what you're going to have for dinner that night. They send you a week's worth of meals, you cook them, you prepare them, you eat them, and then by the weekend, a new box for the following week shows up. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Um, okay, next up, um, Drew P., I was hesitant on Obi, but he proved me wrong. IQ, RJ, and Obi are all starters next year. I want either Cam slash Griffin or Mitch slash Duran to be paired with them. Oh, okay. So it's like, so basically, you're looking for a full-on youth movement um, where if you if you draft Griffin, you keep Mitch, and if you draft Duran, you put Cam, and you want five young players in the starting lineup. I think that I am leaning very strongly towards that being my ideal off season. Personally, I don't think it's going to happen. And Jeremy shaking his head. It's not. Listen, the, the reality is that the Knicks will have some sort of veteran presence on the roster next year. I'm okay with that. I just think it's fine. But, the, but, but, but the notion of starting that, five young guys, I like. Sure. But my point is that when you have veteran talent and when you have Tom Thibodeau in the building, you're going to have veterans playing in the starting lineup. It's not going to be five young guys who have all like less than five years of their career in the books. Like we just saw Alec Burke starting at point guard for how many games when we knew the season didn't even matter. Evan Fournier was still start. like, it's just not, it's not, I'm trying, the reason I'm trying to be as adamant about this as possible is because I do believe there is a Randall trade that should be on the horizon. I and, sure as hell hope so. And Randall will have to bring back salary filler as well. It's you're not going to likely find a situation where you are trading Randall either as part of a three team deal where salary goes to cap space and opens it up um, or you're trading it and you're getting nothing in return. It just doesn't really happen that way. And if things do create cap space, well, some crazy way, they're going to use it to sign a veteran. And if they sign a veteran, that veteran's not coming in to play backup. And let me they're just going to be started. And I'll just say for anybody wondering, well, what about these salary dump trades that we hear about every offseason? I could be wrong. And I'm sure Jeremy has thought about this. I don't see this offseason shaping up to be the offseason where there's going to be a need for a cap dump situation. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Those kinds of dominoes fall unexpectedly, but like, again, the Knicks, like the, the only way that would happen is the type of scenario where you just talked about where Julius would be going somewhere and the Knicks would be taking on a, an abhorrent contract in his place. And there's no, there's only one contract on everybody's mind. And like, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see the rush trade happening, um, but you know, if you're again, if you're if you just if you were, if you were to give me truth serum, because I don't need it because I have a podcast, I just say what the fuck I want, it, and you're like, what what's what's your ideal off season? 
there would be a part of me that would think long and hard about like Julius and salary, bring back Russ, get the picks, wave Russ, say bye bye, and just and go in your merry way. I don't think it's you're, you're it's not gonna happen. We both it's know not it's gonna not happen. Gonna happen. I know, yeah. but um, I'm just saying what I might prefer. Um, okay, continuing along. Uh, we have some, again, we, uh, amazing super chat performance tonight on the last night of the season. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to keep going along. Drew P. Oh, no, we got your P. Harry Donard. What's going on, Harry? Always appreciate you. Not much to say about this frustrating season, although there were some positives to take from it. But thanks for all the content to get me through. Love everything you guys do. Now the work really begins. Um, <laughs> thank you, Harry. One, number two. Amen to that. Um <laughs> You know, we could talk about the young guys that were blue in the face, but the it, we it it will only mean something if they sort out the the issues that will allow them to focus on those young guys. And I do believe that there is some hard work ahead, um, not impossible work, and some of that hard work maybe just I don't know, looking in the mirror and saying like we need to do X, Y, and Z. And some of that involves Tom Thibodeau, by the way. Um, Bobby Poo, what's going on, Bobby? Long time, first time. If my brother Schwinny ran the Knicks, would we ever win a game by less than 15, let alone lose one ever again? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> um, I think Schwinn thinks if he ran the Knicks, they would be 82 and 0 every year. I've actually talked to Schwinn about this before. And what? No, just the idea where if he ran the Knicks and like what? And he's like, there's no way that they would respect me. And I was like, yeah, they wouldn't respect me either. So, Schwinn knows where his place is. He he knows as a as a fan and a passionate one at that that he has ideas in mind, but he knows from the coaching standpoint, uh, it would be really tough to do. But yeah, I'll um, let him speak for himself on that. I, I will also let him speak for himself on that. Uh, Stephen Cordero, what's going on, Stephen? Thanks KFS for all the hard work this year. The Knicks have a bright future if the front office is focused on building around RJ Obi and IQ. You see a lot of those three names together. Um, no Ryan Archidiakono respect. It's it's really shameful. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, what's going on, Jessica? Uh, Obi Toppin's audition for Randall's job was a resounding success. Cheers to the Obi Avenger crowd. They should feel vindicated. John, Jeremy, thank you both so much. I appreciate you sincerely. You made this season enjoyable. You helped make this season enjoyable for me, Jessica. Thank you. Um, as far as the audition, can I admit something? I Every time towards as the game kept going on, when Obi would do something and the and the points just kept going up and up and up, I would look on the Knicks bench when they came down the court, and I would just try to look and see if Julius was like moving, and um, I did not see one time where he was up like, and you saw it like Derlin's Noel was like into it, like he was into it big time, up off the bench, like cheering him on the whole thing, um his other teammates who were like still active and like participants in this game were very excited. Not so much Julius. He was just kind of sitting there chilling. Um, I can't help but feel that this was Obi Toppin sending a message to the next front office, which was that in short, this is what I could do. Either give me an opportunity to do it or send me somewhere where I could do it. Um, but the, 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 the days of me sitting and watching from the bench and playing 12 minutes, like those days are done. Um, so that was my takeaway. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts. I wasn't paying attention to the bench with, Oh no, I'm, I'm so nobody. I, I, th that's my insanity. That's fair. I just saying, I can't speak on that, but 
yes, Obi was not so subtly saying that in terms of, hey, uh, if Randall's still here, I'd love for us to, you know, <laughs> in terms of working together. And I think you could read that a number of ways. And you see games like tonight. It's just he's able to do what he knows he's able to do. That's really the bottom line. And the front office is now like, I don't want to say this is a good problem to have, but it's not a bad problem to have because I know that we are naturally down um, Randall because of everything. But at the same time, if you are the front office and yes, you should be choosing Obi Toppin over Julius Randall, you're still in a position where you've got two good power forwards. One who's on the up one who you uh, hope can, can, I don't know yeah. if I, I don't know if I agree. I know you don't statement. agree and that's fine. <laughs> I know you don't, but I'm just saying, um, you have two talented power forwards. Okay, I mean, talent is. Are you saying he's un, I, he's I, unimpressively talented? I'm saying that Julius Randle has let things get in the way of his talent this year, and I remain unconvinced that he will stop doing that <laughs> at any point. Right in the but, in the in the future. But saying that implies that there is talent there, which is my point. Oh, for sure. He's right. talented. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So you have two good power forwards. <laughs> I know you don't want to admit anything positive in a lot of I, no, ways. No, it's, it's, it's not that to me. Player. He this season shat the bed multiple times for several reasons that were infuriating as well. Uh, look, talk about infuriating. I'm about to sound like my 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 spirit animal here. Um, good is when you help your team win the game. And Julius Randle has done everything but help his team win games this year. And to me, that means he, he was not a good basketball player this year. Let me say that he was not a good basketball player this year, but I'm not talking about this year. I'm saying, generally speaking, you are talking about a player. It's semantics at this point. No, it's it's, yes. I understand. Look, they have a guy that teams could look at and be like, you know what? Let's, that guy maybe has something. Let's see what he's got. That's fair. That's there are worse positions to be in than that. That's very true. Um, Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kevin? Shout out to you for being around all year and, and chiming in. Hey there, John. How you doing? <laughs> Thanks for your great season of mixed content. I'm doing okay. You've gotten us past some OB nine-minute games. Now we talk about him with 40. I have gotten us past some OB nine-minute games. Man, um, mm. there's a lot of what-ifs. There's a lot of what-ifs. Um, and... Hopefully they have some of those difficult conversations within the organization this summer. Uh, Jeremy E. Thanks for the great content this season. Thank you for the contribution, Jeremy. Um, Also, Obi is a very unique talent. I completely agree with that. I think the organization would be foolish not to trade Julius this offseason. Getting off that contract is value in and of itself. Um, I mean, just want to jump in. Yeah. Yes and no, because it also depends on the salary you get back. And and how it sets you up for the future because cap space isn't really the name of the game here per se, assuming the Knicks keep operating above the salary cap, which I expect them to do. So I understand in terms of like how, how Julius is viewed along with his contract, but I just like, to me, it's, it's not quite as. Yeah, but it's, it's not about the money. I know it's It's the length as well. And and well, no, it's going to the, to that player. It's about the, the, aura that he has over this team, Um, which again, I know this is one of those things we disagree about. I'm more concerned about it than you. Um, I don't know. I I do think that they need to move on. I just, that's one of the, my biggest like 
concern about the offseason is I don't think in the first staff meeting that they have together after they maybe take some time off, um, you know, Leon Rose is like, all right, on the table for discussion today. Um, do we need to move on from Julius Randle? Like that's con- that's not a conversation that's going to have. No, I- they may be open to trading him. You know, and in which in which case it's like, well, if they're open to trading him, it doesn't mean they're going to trade him. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but it's something I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, Fern Rodriguez says, hypothetical, you are Leon Rose and the phone rings and the Utah GM says, let's talk Donovan to New York. Then your assistant pauses you. <laughs> I love this because uh, this could happen um, on the other phone and says it's New Orleans. Let's uh, let's talk Zion to New York. What are you doing? Could that actually happen? Um, I I would go. Um, my goodness, what would I do? I would um, I would probably go play Lotto. Um, I don't know. I, I could it actually could the Knicks get being involved in discussions with the, about those two players this summer. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that's possible. Um, I think he's asking like, which player do you go for first? Um, I think it comes down to what the packages would look like at the same time. Like I'm not hundred percent convinced that like it, it would make sense. I, I shouldn't say that. It always makes sense to get a superstar. I just, I'm not sure. I wonder what the trades will look like this summer. That's all. I'm not sure either of them are going to be like easy trades that like definitively leave the organization in a much better place than they were the day before. At the same time, like some people would say in the NBA, you get a superstar and you worry about the rest later. So there's differing views. I'll answer it by just saying, I think there is a greater chance than not that we as fans look at the roster at the end of the summer and can find that there's still a log jam of sorts or something to gripe about. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, true story. Jay says, I'm going to make this short by Randall. Uh, I'll, I'll co-sign that Kevin McHugh. What's going on, Kevin? Thanks for covering this team for the season. You and the whole crew made it a watchable experience. It was good to see the youngsters play. Obi and IQ are the future salute. A lot of Obi and IQ are the future tonight. And I love it. Great. And that's like, like, I, I don't know. I don't want to spoil my column for either tomorrow or Tuesday, but like we've had seasons like this before where they did not win as many games as they would have liked. And like, there were young players that we talked ourselves into is like, okay, there's some like kids here. You're going to make moving forward, this and that. It was never anything like this. Never anything like this. This is not us drinking the Kool-Aid. Like there is legit. And again, not saying that there's a, you know, a John Morant on the roster. I'm sure we're going to get shit for that because there are people who, you know, think that like RJ is better than John Morant. Not quite there yet. Well, but ben, like, you'll have your back. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying uh, the, 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 it is legitimate, like meaningful young talent, you know, to the point where you do as an organization need to start making decisions based around like, holy shit, we have something here. Um, We'll see if that's the direction they want to go. Um, Dan Gottlieb. Hey, John and Jeremy been listening in the, in this season and last, and just want to say thank you for all. I've got a lot of thank yous. Thank you for the thank yous thank for you. all the time, effort, passion you bring to Knicks fandom. Uh, realist of Knicks fans have a home at KFS. See you next season. Well, that means a lot to me. Um, I, I, I'd like to think that we 
are in existence because real fans, uh, whatever that means, um, you know, the people that really do love this team and don't just like, like to, as you said, like to complain about it. Um, like I, that's, that's what I think we're, we're, that's who I think I'd like to think we cater to. So, um, yeah, that's, that's very nice to hear. Uh, ready for another one from Robert Cross? Always. <laughs> is it fair and reasonable to say that IQ is the point guard of the future today? What's that? What's the, is there, is it a movie? So it has to be a movie. Something about like the something of tomorrow today. That's probably been done many times. Um, I will, Andrew, if you could help me out here, I will lose my goddamn mind. If he is not the starter day one next year, hashtag 53 wins. It's back, baby. Um, I, I would be shocked if IQ was the starter day one yeah, next year. Prepare to potentially lose your mind. Prepare, prepare to lose your mind. I'm just being candid about it. I think there's a very real possibility that IQ is backing up someone. And depending on who the player is, he's backing up. We can talk about it, but we'll also talk about that more this summer. Is there, no, I, I'll save it for the, I was just going to, is there anybody that you would even give like, a 20% like if we were making a list of like the most likely starting point guards for the next next season I'm not going to ask you to make the list maybe we'll do it at some point maybe we won't but like would the would the number one person on that list have better than like 20% odds for you I can't even say with without the first round happening I can't even think of a yeah I can't even think of like who's my look like honestly the first thing that comes to my mind is like Brogdon you know yeah Brunson, but would I give it like either of those guys a 20% chance? I'm not so sure. Um, Anthony Sixto. Thanks KFS crew for a great season of coverage. The season was disappointing, but it made for plenty of great analysis. And the final stretch gave us a lot to be excited for in 2022, 23 hashtag 53 wins reboot. <laughs> I love this. Thank you, Anthony, for always chiming in. Appreciate you. Kevin Wilson has a, a chat here. Um, I'm going to read and I, I I think I might be seeing things. So I think I saw him again in a bit. Just wanted to add to the course of people. Thank you guys for all the content and all these post games. Love watching the young guys. Thank you, Kevin. Um, Jibo says, I've seen enough from IQ where I want to punt on looking for a point guard this summer. Is how a lot of the fan base is going to feel. And I don't blame them one bit. We ain't winning the chip next year. Anyways, let's give him a full year to see if he can do, if he can do close to what he's been doing the last 15 games. That's like, honestly, I think he verbalized what I've been thinking for a while now, which is that in an off season where there are no perfect options, um, the, the one we were texting about the possibility of a Julius for Brunson sign and trade, uh, over the weekend. Like if you could get Julius off the team and bring Brunson on, I'm here for that. If you could bring get off Julius off the team and bring uh, Malcolm Brogdon on, I think I'm here for that. I understand the injury concerns and those are very real. So, like, I'm not saying there isn't a scenario where I could be happy with someone other than quickly starting, but like, I, at the very least, he should be someone that the, the Knicks pencil in for. Like, okay, he's coming off the bench, but we're gonna make him a six man of the year candidate, and he's gonna play thirty plus minutes a night. Um, like, like Tyler hero played this year. I don't have Tyler hero's minutes in front of me. I'm assuming he played about 30 minutes a game though. But anyway, while I look that up, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out the math on the Randall and Brunson thing. It gets wacky as you know, um, it's possible. 
it is possible with with yeah, other people with other pieces involved. And, yes. Um, yes. I'm just going to read this out. 33, 24, 33, 42, 41, 28, 33, 38, 33, 40. Do you know what those numbers are? No. Those are the last 10 games in minutes played for Alec Burks. And okay. Correct. He said minutes. The point I'm getting at is you can still play Emmanuel quickly 30 plus minutes a game and still involve a deal that ships Alec Burks out and puts a point guard in that spot. I, what I want at the end of the day is 48 minutes of point guard play of competent point guard play, ideally. And I would like for players um, to get the opportunity to play on and off the ball. Manu quickly can do that. Uh, Alex as, Burks as can, can do that. Bro- but he's Brogdon not a point and Brunson. Brogdon yeah. can, but he's also injured quite frequently. And I guess the point is for me, I don't trust Derek Rose's health and I don't trust Deuce McBride yet. And maybe next year things click for, you know, McBride, maybe Rose finds, you know, some sort of serum that helps him regenerate and he's perfectly healthy for 82 games. Realistically, I don't see it. And the way I look at it is if you can take these pieces or not just these three guys, but like any of the guys in the roster that we talk about, like, oh, they need to get the Ho, we got to get rid of them, whatever. If you can turn any of them or a combination into more point guard play and then and then if you're at the point where you then need to make a larger trade down the line, you have salary filler and you have a player on that contract who is of value. That is everything. If we want to keep the end goal in sight, you got to create a situation where you can keep a lot of the pieces you want, but you have to give. And in order to give something, you have to have value in that too. And so for me, that is the, the kind of crux of why I I want IQ to shine. I want him to get as many minutes as possible. I want him to play well because I know he will, but I also want this team to be in the best position. It can be moving forward. And by adding talent to the roster, especially talent that can play the point guard position. That's everything. Just, just get as much, as many surpluses of things, good things you can get and then make these great trades that we want. Um, One Hero averaged 32.6 minutes a game this year. He started 10 of 60 some odd games Um, Two, uh, Tibbs has done the play a six man more minutes than the starter thing before. We haven't seen it on this team. Actually, no, we we did see it last year with Derek Rose. Um, Three, Emmanuel quickly is going to finish the season averaging a little over 23 minutes a game after averaging 19.4 last year. It would not be a crazy jump for him to get up to at the very least 27, 28 minutes, maybe a little bit higher. Um, and number four, Andrew, you better scrub that deuce comment from the record for Jeremy. Otherwise he's going to lose his Nick's Twitter uh, membership card. And we, 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 we would not want that. Um, okay. Uh, Stromboli cool. Never thought I'd say this, but I think Obi is making an all-star game at some point. Trading Randall won't be easy though. What do we do if we can't? Um, yeah, we talked about the OB all-star thing before. I don't think it's crazy as for trading Randall. What do we do if we can't, I mean, you, you, Jesus Christ. Well, let me ask a question. Yeah. When the Knicks had a log jam at the deadline, what'd they do? They stayed tight. So sat tight, whatever. I'm not saying the Knicks should, I'm not saying they will, 
but we know that they have remained patient viewing it as like, well, if we feel like we can do better at a later point, we'll figure it out. And then the difference there is obviously I want to clear things up. No, it's not, it's not a like situation. It is different. Yeah. Now, Julius Randall, who is supposed to be the star of the team who is not being the star and is very far below in the depth chart in terms of likability. You could almost say he's last. Um, it's how you then. It's like he's down here. Right. And And basically if you're the Knicks and at at that point, your hope is let's get a point guard in here. Let's get an off season where we can just hit reset and move forward. In my mind, it's not the best thing to do. I would very much like to move Julius Randle to clear the space for Obi Toppin (sighs) because it seems like we have reached a precipice and we have to like it's shit or get off the pot. We have to get off the pot here. You're do something. You're trying to be level-headed about this, which I God knows I appreciate and I love you for it. Um, I have ceased the ability to be able to, to analyze the Randall situation and like I like I can't even answer like what do we do if we can't because here's the thing like you just brought up brought up get a point guard right I don't think for one second anyone that they could realistically bring in to this team this summer at point guard is going to change how Randall plays I, I just don't, I I don't think it's going to happen I think so the only re- sell it not exactly how they should yeah, do it I understand and then and then you hopefully improve the product and like, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I think he needs to go someplace where he is a definitive number two behind or number three, even behind a guy or guys. And he just fundamentally changes kind of everything about how he goes about the game because he's been the guy here for really three years. He was the guy the first year too, even though he, it, it was like him and Marcus Morris, like co being the guy. Um, I, I just don't think he's going to change. And it's about like, okay, if he doesn't change, then he just has to be better. Can he be better? Yeah, he can be better. And even if he's better, like I still wonder about the effect on Obi. I still wonder about the attitude in the locker room. I still wonder about other things, but We'll see. Um, Lunas Emirat, how, in both of your opinions, heading into next season, does Quick compare to Sexton, Brunson, and Brogdon? I wanted to sign one, but now I don't know. Quickly, maybe just as good. Um, Brogdon, when healthy, is really good. Um, that said, <laughs> just <laughs> and Sexton, twenty-four and six, efficient, twenty-four and six when he was healthy last season. I I'm not willing to sit here right now and be like Emmanuel quickly is definitively not as good as like any one of those guys. I really am not. Um, Also, they can't sign um, Brogdon. They'd have to trade for, for Brogdon. Actually, they can't sign any of those guys because they don't have cap space, but so they'd have to do some things, but like, anyway, Um, I'll just say to that maybe, but also again, what if you had quickly and one of those players? Yeah. Yeah, and you and, and and again, it doesn't have to be an either. And I don't mean to 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 just pick on this one question. Just in general, like yeah. it doesn't have to be an either or. It can be quickly and bringing in someone who can who can handle. Yeah. Because also, what happens? God forbid, if something happens where Emmanuel quickly has to miss time, and you're looking at what? Right? Are we back to Alec Burks starting? Because because Derek Rose is not going to do it. 
Yeah. Are we putting Deuce McBride into the starting position when that happened very infrequently and it was only during COVID? There just there has to be more of a safety net in place in my mind. I I agree. The best theoretical fit for Emmanuel quickly on an NBA roster long term is a six man who is capable of running your offense. Um, oh, you're and dead. co what you're dead <laughs> and co- you. and co running your offense with a like really really like topped like a Luka Doncic like. That's the great thing about quick, right? Is like, if you have him, like that's the role Brunson plays now. I think quick could play that role and potentially be even a little better. And Jalen Brunson's about to get paid. I don't know, 16, 18, $20 million. Like I think quickly has that in him. So yes, I think very highly of my new quickly. I just basically said, I think he's a 16 to $18 million a year player. That's what he's going to be moving forward. Um, I just don't know if like, Again, if you had your druthers and you could build your team out in any way you want, is like penciling in Emmanuel quickly, the starting point guard, the ideal way to do it. Now, that being said, I don't know that that means I wouldn't want him as my starting point guard for next season. It just depends on what the alternative options are. So we'll yeah, see. I just want to add more talent around Emmanuel quickly. So that can be great. And so they can also be great because he's a great we're still, we're still building around Emmanuel quickly. Um, Casey Peanuts, going into next season, what three-point value and percentage is your benchmark for OB? I'm thinking 34% on three attempts per game, but maybe that's greedy. Um, the attempts per game, it just it's about um hi Andrew, what's going on? Check the chat. Like our Zoom chat. Our Zoom chat? Okay, yeah. cool. Um <laughs> Yes. 10 minutes, bro. <laughs> it's okay. We can read Casey peanuts and this will be the last chat before we take a break. You're good. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Um, Thank you. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't looking at the chat. You're good. Casey peanuts. Thank you for your contribution, John. You can read the rest of the comment. Going into, yeah. The volume and attempts on the three point percentage and, and for Obi, uh, it depends how many minutes he plays. If he plays 36 minutes or 30 ish minutes a game. I would say I want him to shoot like four or five threes a game and I'll take, uh, and I'll take, uh, I'll take 34%. Jeremy. Sure. I'll agree with that. Okay. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com